1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host Lynn Smith and today listeners I've got Odette Coronel. She is a success and life coach and we're going to be talking about today how to bring back the spark in your relationship. So welcome Odette.
2: Thank you so much Lynn. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm very happy to be here today.
1: Excellent. It's so lovely to have you too now Ade, before we get stuck into the subject of how to bring back the spark in your relationship can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, what's led you to be doing what you're doing now
2: yes i would love to so as i as you mentioned i am a certified life and success coach and i specialize in relationships i have been married myself for 22 years i've been with my husband for over 30 years and we have three children ages 16 18 and 21 and I've been interested in life coaching and not life coaching specifically, but personal development and personal growth, pretty much my entire life. I've been a self-help junkie and reading books on different experts and different subjects. And I got into relationships because I really do love talking about love. And I believe that, you know, our life is a series of different relationships whether it's with your partner, whether it's at work, whether it's your family. So our ability to be able to interact with people is, is directly tied into really the quality of your life and the, the potential quality of the happiness in your life. Particularly the part, whoever you choose to spend your life with or to have a, a, a loving romantic partnership with can really determine the quality of your happiness. So it's 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 very important to try to um, do your best to work on creating the the best relationship that you can create, which is beneficial to both to both of you together. And that's why I, I specialize in uh, relationships, and I work with people that are in loving relationships, uh, but have kind of just because of life, because of. Responsibilities, maybe children, different aspects, they've kind of uh, put their relationship on the back burner and have lost that connection with one another. They've lost that spark in the marriage. And a lot of times it's directly related to losing that spark within yourself.
1: So, what do you think, um, or what has been your experience, I suppose, from the people that you've interacted with and, and maybe your own personal experience? Um, that's been the cause of, you know, losing that spark from our, you know, romantic relationship, whatever that might be.
2: Right. Well, in the beginning of a relationship, of any relationship, we're getting to know each other. Uh, A lot of times we show up as what we think the other partner expects from us. And we do things that, you know, we, we think is expected of us. And it's all fun and having a good time, getting to know each other as we form that attachment to one another. Once you become more committed and more responsibilities start piling up together, you start the work of actually creating a life together and the responsibilities increase, you kind of tend to, it sometimes happens where you may take the relationship for granted, or you do things that are required of you that are you see as your responsibility and things that have to get done and you seem to just put the relate really, you know don't take the time to treat each other the way you did when you were dating uh, to, to treat each other uh, like a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it may be and actually have date nights and have you know pleasure that pleasure part of it is kind of put on the back burner a lot of the times or another thing that I've seen in some of my clients is you know, they go into the relationship, not being their authentic self. In other words, they don't really have that awareness of who they are themselves, who, what they, what their likes are, what they want to do. And they just morph into whatever their partner wants them to be or whatever they think their partner wants them to be. And they go through that autopilot in the relationship. They're kind of like an autopilot in the relationship for so long where they come to a point where they realize that they're not happy because they're not being true to themselves. And yep. then it's a it's a matter of rediscovering, you know, who they are individually and then what kind of relationship they want to have with their partner.
1: So true. So when you get um, a couple come to you or an, an individual come to you that that's in this situation where, you know, the main issue or problem is that the spark's gone out of the relationship where do you start in terms of what what questions you ask them or what um they need to focus on as the next step
2: you know the first step is just really establishing where you are what is happening right now just being very clear on what the experience is right now what emotions you're feeling about the relationship in terms of relationship what thoughts you're having about the relationship, um, what, based on those thoughts and feelings, what, how are you behaving? How are you showing up in the relationship? So kind of just a general assessment of where things are now and that awareness and kind of accepting things as they are. This This is where the relationship is at the moment and kind of like accepting it and then tracing it back to the root of how you got here, kind of working our way backwards and figuring out how you got here. What was the root of this? Why did you get here? And then figuring out what you really want. What can we do different? What is it, is it a matter of perspective? Sometimes it's a matter of focusing on the negative. We, As human beings, we just tend to focus on, uh, there could be many things happening throughout the day, many both positive and negative, and we tend to remember the negative. So maybe kind of taking a bird's eye view of things and looking at things from a different perspective and maybe from, what can we be grateful for? What are we, what have we learned in the relationship? What positive things have come out of it? Um, You know, once we develop that self-awareness and uh, we decide what we can accept going forward and what our boundaries are going to be, And also what are non, what is non-negotiable? What is, okay, this is what I want in the relationship and I'm not willing to accept any different. So there's a lot of work that has to be done in terms of that, just figuring out, you know, where you are and what you want going forward and then what you have to do, what you want to do differently.
1: I feel as well, you know, when it, in my experience and um, what I see from clients is that, quite often there's a lot of blame directed towards the partner rather than the masking or even thinking to ourselves, you know, how am I actually contributing to this being the situation?
2: Exactly. We have to, you know, big part of it. And I work with individuals, not couples. And I do see the power of when one person changes, it's, it's almost like the energy in the relationship changes and it's, it's contagious, whether either you, you know, regain that connection. And you have to clean up your side of the table first. You know, you have to take responsibility for your behavior or your emotions or your lack of communication in the relationship. And that's what that developing that awareness is all about. So
1: what what do you, what are your tips? And what do you say to, I mean, cause I, I, I've had this with my clients whereby they, um, you know, they're very much, no, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. Um, <laughs> <so> <laughs> how do you what how do you as in your style, Odette, shine the mirror and say, well look, you know, where can you put your hand up and say that you've contributed to this? <laughs>
2: right right yeah it's, it's easy to blame and to see what the other person's doing wrong but you know like they say you you can't you can't see your own nose right you can't see your your, your own self so it's, you have to take the time to really explore what your side of it and what i like to do is we start off by looking at the situation from an objective perspective just kind of list, listing the facts what are the facts of this situation that you're dealing with What are the things that you can both agree on that are just undeniable, that even someone from the outside looking in would agree that this is a fact? No one can dispute it. So we start with that, kind of take the emotion out of it and explore that. Then we explore what are we thinking and feeling about this situation? Because our our thoughts are what create our feelings, our thoughts about our feelings the situation. And sometimes our thoughts may not a hundred percent be about the situation. A lot of times it has to do more with past experiences and, you know, conditioning just from, from the past. And we bring all those experiences with us and we're not consciously thinking and feeling these things, but we, we are just because of our own past experiences. So that's why it's important to take an objective look first and then explore, you know, what am I thinking and feeling as a, you know, about this situation and then that's leading for me me to take certain actions and behave a certain way or react a certain way. A lot of times we have um, what's called you know we have our core emotions and we have our reactive emotions. So a lot of times we will react in a way that's aggressive or angry and so that reactive emotion is anger but what we're really feeling perhaps may be hurt it may be disappointed. Um, it may be fear, maybe may fear that our partner doesn't love us or that our partner is going to leave us. But the way that we react is anger, and then that causes our partner to react with anger as well, and it becomes a cycle.
1: So, what you're meaning by core emotions, I'm assuming, for the benefit of the audience, I know what you mean. But the core emotions are really the emotion underlying is underlying
2: the, right.
1: the emotion.
2: Exactly. The, what we're really feeling deep down inside is what I'm referring to as, as the core emotion, which we may not even be aware of it at the moment. We react with anger. But the reason that we're angry is because we're hurt. Absolutely. So if we can communicate in a way where we can express that we are, are feeling hurt, if we're willing to be vulnerable with our partner and we're willing to say, listen, I, I feel hurt, or I am afraid that you don't love me. I'm afraid that you're going to leave me, that you're going to abandon me. I, most of the time, our partner is going to react in a more loving way, in a more open way, versus when we react in an angry way or in an aggressive way.
1: I think the key thing there to show some distinction for the benefit of the audience is, you know, to start the, with the word I you know rather than pointing the finger and saying you
2: exactly exactly and and again taking the time and even if it's on your own you know not necessarily right away with the partner that way you have time to kind of process things is really looking at it objectively and perhaps you're making assumptions about the situation perhaps you know this this what how you're if you asked you know we can experience an event, we can go to a party. Let's just say, Lynn, you and I go to a party and we experience the same party and then we go home and our our friends or our partners ask us, oh, how did it go? What happened? And we can both describe it completely differently. We were both at the same event, right? We just, it's our interpretation, our perception of the event. So that's one thing that you know often happens in a relationship is we may have a perception that is different from our partners. So it's not a matter of being right or wrong or putting blame. It's how am I perceiving this, and then, and then kind of communicating and seeing, trying to take it and have an understanding of maybe how the part your partner is seeing it.
1: Another key thing is you know rather than react with aggression, and obviously that, you know, especially I think from the masculine the male perspective, they very they're very very sensitive to our tonality of voice, aren't they? So it's also yes. remembering not only to not point the finger and say you in a reactive voice but to sort of say you know this is how I'm feeling with your natural soft more vulnerable like you said but but coming from a place of um from that loving space rather than uh that victim mentality but you know from your own authentic loving space of saying look this is how I feel about things you know and this is this is, this is why I'm feeling this in a more soft feminine voice that's going to elicit the best, most connected response, isn't it?
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, in, in any interaction that we have or any communication, it's, you know, you have to ask yourself, what is, what is the intention? Is the intention to be understood and to try to understand your partner, or do you just want to win the argument? You know, we have to remember that we're, we're, we're working towards the same things. We should be working towards the same things. We should have the same goals. And that's, that's to be happy and to have a loving, happy, you know, relationship. Um, And we have to figure out a way to communicate that's most effective. And also a big part of which we haven't talked about either is the intimacy. It's a very big part of a relationship and it doesn't have to be always sex. What I mean is even just physical touch and hand holding and hugging and cuddling and all these things go a long way in helping us feel safe and secure in order to be able to communicate in a way that's vulnerable and honest and not just reactive and aggressive. It goes a long way.
1: Yeah, I think a good example of that would be, you know, rather than saying, oh, you never hold my hand and saying you, you, you in an accusing tone would be to say, I used to love it when you we used to hold hands, and I miss that. Exactly. You know how different exactly. is that when it's expressed from that perspective. of I really miss that. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's actually so true. Or you know, just hold his hand. You know, <laughs> just do it. You know, give him a hug. Don't be afraid to be out there. But you know, you 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 brought up a good point. Is like I used to love it when we did this, or I used to love it that. You know, reminiscing is is very powerful. Because when we reminisce, we bring up all these emotions that we had in the past, and we're almost like reliving that experience. So talking with your partner, reminiscing with your partner is a great way to connect and bring back those happy feelings, you know, reminiscing and also making plans for the future, both kind of like elicit these, these happy feelings within us. And we relive these happy past experience a lot of times we bring up everything that our partner did wrong (laughs) from the beginning of time all the way till today Uh, and you know maybe we need to practice a little bit more remembering the fun experiences the happy experiences or the difficulties that we went through and we overcame together all these you know bonding experiences reminiscing is 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 really goes a long way to just building that connection
1: and also i mean I think, you know, from my experience, men really appreciate, you know, being able to win with us. So, I mean, you reminiscing and say, I really miss, you know, whatever it is about you, whether that's, you know, having your hand held or whatever, you know, I used to love it when you, you, you did that and, and saying how yeah. much you appreciated that and that it, how much it made you feel happy gives him an easy thing to do to think, yeah, this oh, yeah. is what I can do in the future to make her happy.
2: That is an excellent point. You know, our, our partners want us to be happy or they should anyway. <laughs> and they like to make us happy. They feel good. In my experience anyway, our partners like to make us happy and they feel good when they're happy. A lot of times as women, and I'll, I'll, I'm a woman, so I'm speaking on behalf of, <laughs> of myself, you know, we expect our partners to just know naturally, instinctively what we want or what we need from them. Sometimes we just have to say it, yeah. you know, the, the best thing we can do is say it we, it's easier for them and it's easier for us. It's a win-win, you know, just tell them, like you said, when they do do something that we enjoyed or we love, let them know, oh, I really loved it when you did this, you know, thank you, you know, let's do more of that, <laughs> you know, um, or if they don't do something and you want to say, oh, you know what, it would be really nice if we can, you know, go for a walk, go hiking, in, you know, once a week or something. It, whatever it is that you want, just tell them, tell them. And uh, hopefully that makes it easier for them. And it's, it's a win-win, you know, we'll, we'll, we get what we want in, in the end. We get to be connected with, uh, with our partner.
1: I think probably for a lot of women, and this was certainly true for me as a girl, we get the I want trained out of us because I can remember when I was growing up, you know, and I, if ever I said I want, my mother would instantly jump on me and say, I want, don't get. So we sort of get conditioned not to ask for what we want, whereas, you know, in intimate relationships, that's what men need, isn't it, to be expressed to them so they can make you happy.
2: Absolutely, I think as women, for so long we've been trained to serve, to serve, you know, our, our husbands, to serve our children, to to serve others, to be nice, to be, you know, the good girl. And what's happened is that's led us to prioritize ourselves last and we that's not sustainable in the long term it's not sustainable and what's healthiest in any relationship or any family or anything is for us to be true to ourselves and to be happy it's almost like you know if if i'm thirsty and you don't have water to give you can't serve me water you know you can't give me half if i'm not happy I can't make someone else happy or I can't expect them to make me happy. It's gotta come from within. You have, to, you have to do what's right for you and you have to know what that is, identify it for yourself and be able to communicate that with your partner. You know, and, and it becomes, that energy becomes contagious. It's, 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 it's an abundance of happiness or love or whatever it may be. It's not like you have to sacrifice your happiness or your needs in order to, for someone else to be happy. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like, it reminds me of when I had my first daughter and I I loved her so much, right? I had, I felt all this love that I thought my heart was going to explode. And I thought, you know what? It wouldn't be fair to have another kid because I can't possibly love another child as Mm -hmm. much as I love this child. And then I had my second daughter and then my third child, my son, and I loved them just as much. My, the love was just exponential. The more you have, the more you have to give, the more it grows. And that's the same thing with, with happiness. And that's the same thing with in the relationship, your happiness does not have to mean that your partner is unhappy. You can you you know, the happier you are, the more you have to give the happier you will both be together.
1: And I feel there's a lot of truth in uh, happy wife, happy life for, from a man's yeah.
2: perspective. They, <laughs> yes, they I have a t-shirt that says that I love it's it. <laughs>
1: and if you can give them opportunities or or express what you want or what you would like, it, it makes it very easy to them to, to them to think, you know, that they can do something to make you happy and and don't have any expectations around that, mind you. You know, they might not want to do yeah. it. But,
2: right, you know, uh, and, and it's also in the approach, it's, it's in yes. the approach. You can express it, you know, from a place of love and not like, oh, I want you to do this, you never do that. You know, it's, it's the you have to think about the approach also and how you're communicating. Because you know, at, at the end we want it to be um we want it to be a healthy, happy relationship, right? Yeah. So the way we're communicating it is important too, not just what we're saying, but how we're saying it. And uh,
1: another tip um, in terms of how you say things, I always suggest, you know, from a, a woman's perspective is to say the W words like I would or uh, will you rather than the C words which are could or can you because Mm. the C words can be received as more a command and and more interpreted from a a masculine challenging energy rather than the the W words the more softer like will you or would you are are coming from a more softer feminine energy which they're more likely to respond to with love and uh, willingness to do. And the way I remember it, the difference is when a mom asks a woman to marry him, he doesn't say "Can you marry me?" He always says, "Will you marry me?" So, right. you remember the wills. <laughs>
2: I get yeah. <laughs> but yes, high. I can marry you, but <laughs> yeah, would exactly. I? I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know what? Um, niece uh, Lisa Nichols. The um, she's she's the uh, an expert on public speaking. She's a motivational speaker. She talks about communication. In terms of care frontation versus confrontation, when you have to have a difficult conversation. And what she explains is that when you want to communicate something that may be a little touchy or you, you're afraid your partner may take it the wrong way, it's a great to you start at zero and you 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 bring it up a notch, you you know, say something positive. Followed by something positive. So you've invested some positive, some love into your, you know, value bank, so to speak. And then you express what you want to express in a loving way, but an honest way. So that might, you know, bring it down a notch, but you're not starting off from zero and right away, you know, telling them something they don't want to hear. You kind of start with something positive, you know, before you bring up something that's maybe, maybe interpreted as less positive. So I thought that was um. A good way to, you know, you you're acknowledging the positive. You're acknowledging, I you know, I appreciate when you do this, or I appreciate this about you. Um, I you know, I wanted to to let you know that, you know, yeah, I would I was, like for this to happen or whatever it may be.
1: <laughs> I was taught something yeah. similar as a teacher, coach, and mentor in terms of how you give feedback and whether that's to your partner or anybody. You know, whether it's a student. Yeah. You know, and, and right. they called it the shit sandwich, you know, start off with the something, sandwich, positive, yeah. then put yep. the area that they can improve in the middle, but then end up with something overall, which was good.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. You end with something good, something positive, but you know, it, it is a good approach and it's a great way to not only focus on the negative because there are both positives and negatives and what, what causes the biggest impact in us, the biggest you know emotion or reaction is, is always the negative even within ourselves, we judge ourselves and we criticize ourselves. We may have a you know, million other positive traits, but we, we tend to hang on to that negative trait and beat ourselves up about it. Or so it's even, important to
1: acknowledge both. Yeah, or even comments from others, You know, we can hear and right. positive comments, but sort of tend to focus on the 5% that wasn't.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's just human nature. So we have to be aware of that and try to do things a little bit differently.
1: Excellent. So in terms of uh, how we can bring the spark back into our relationships, Odette, any other tips or advice that you would share?
2: I think the key to bringing back the spark in a relationship is to, number one, start with yourself. Figure out what, who you are, what makes you happy. Bring that spark back within yourself. That is key. Do what makes you happy. Be able to communicate and express it. And the key to any relationship is to work on your communication, work on having that intimacy and that fun and taking the time to, to, to work on that partnership together. See yourselves as a partnership rather than, than, you know, not being on the same team or being at odds. Remember that you both have the same end goal.
1: Great. I love that. So how can our audience members best find you? What's your best contact information, Odette?
2: The best way to find me would be on my website, odettecoronel.com. O-D-E-T-T-E-C-O-R-O-N-E-L.com.
1: Excellent. And for any other information, as always, we'll make sure that's contained within our show notes. Any, any final words you'd like to leave our listeners with?
2: I just want to say that I do believe in love and I do believe that, in, that it's possible to have a happy relationship and that it starts with you. You have to find that happiness within yourself. Before even thinking about you know, your partner, you have to start with yourself and cultivating that happiness within yourself. It's the first step.
1: Absolutely. And just know that it isn't a criticism when we're talking about it starts with us, it, it is a journey we've all had to work on and do, isn't it? Over time, Odette, you know, it, it, it is right. a time to beat yourself up if you've not been aware of these things previously.
2: Right. And it's, you know, and it's a lifestyle. It's just creating a lifestyle of of being this way in our lives as individuals was also in the relationship. It's having that creating that dynamic for the rest of your life with your partner, making sure that you're communicating properly, making sure that you're, you know, that you are uh, cultivating that intimacy and that connection, making sure that you, you know, your you're true partners, it's, it's ongoing, it's not something, okay, I did it, I'm there, I got this. We have to make sure that we work on it because in life we're tested constantly. So things are gonna happen that are gonna try, they're gonna bring us apart. So, we have to make sure that we're aware of, of how we want to be so that we can come back together as partners.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much, Odette, for sharing your own insights as well as your examples from conversations with clients. I've really appreciated that. And I'm sure the audience have too. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: <laughs> and on that note, we'll end the podcast. And as always, True love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.